in jesus mighty name of pray and god's people saying amen family this morning i want to welcome every one of you but before we get into our service i hope you have your communion table ready i have my communion table this morning and i make sure that i also set my communion table for my family because definitely this is a covenant we practice in this very particular commission that the first sunday of every month we then come together for us to break bread together and also just a fellowship and with that being said, please, if you don't have your communion table, please quickly go get your communion table. It is quite simple. All you just need to do is to get your, your juice and also just to get your bread, your wafer, whatever you want to use for your communion. The Bible says as Jesus was eating, he took the bread and the break the bread. And from that place he was eating, he took the cup. And also he says, and so based on that, whatever you have, some of you may not be able to have, for example, I remember yesterday I had to run out quickly in the, in the night for me to go get just to make sure that I prepare for this morning. Because one of the things I've understand with God, when you don't prepare for what you want to encounter, you are not committed to be a partaker of that thing. When you don't prepare for the encounter you are expecting, you are not permitted to be a partaker of that blessing. I'm going to repeat it again. When you are not prepared for the encounter, you are not permitted to be a partaker of that very particular reality. And so therefore, I pray for every one of you this morning that as your heart is prepared this morning, as your heart is prepared to receive of the word of God, you will partake of everything God has for you today in the name of Jesus. I decree upon your life that this morning service, as your heart is open to receive of the truth of God's word, as your heart is open to partake of the covenant of God, you will become a manifestation in your world in the name of Jesus. With that being said this morning, family, the title of my message, according to God's instruction, it's called Covenant Day of Manifestation. Covenant Day of Manifestation. This month for us, God has made it that our month, this is our month of manifestation. It's a month whereby for many of you who have been following us this month, from on the first of this month, we engage in our three days of prayer and fasting. But nonetheless, from on the first of this month, we've actually been waking up by 5 a.m. to enforce our manifestation. To make sure that the manifestation that we must see come to pass in our lives. And so therefore, this morning service is a service that we are going to come. And for us to understand the covenant practice. The covenant responsibility that guarantees manifestation. And I know too well that this morning, as your heart is open to receive of the word of God. Every covenant practice that you need to engage. You will enter into your place of rest in the name of Jesus. I declare and I decree that wherever place you have fall short of God's covenant reality, wherever you have fall short of God's covenant practice, as you lay hold of these very particular promises, as you lay hold of this principle, you will come back to your reality in Christ and you will shoot up from that place to the place of your relevance in the name of Jesus. So therefore this morning, as course scripture that we are going to be looking into is in the book of Romans chapter 8. From verse 18 and 19. Romans chapter 8 from verse 18 and 19. I want to welcome all our online listeners. I'm listening on the radio part which is um, dext well, I dexterity. Which is platformchurch.co.za forward slash platform radio. I want to encourage you guys in case if you find difficulties in listening to us or probably watching us live. I want to encourage you the radio part is live and also the part of the Mix LR. I think that's a place if you have the Mix LR app. You can download that app and just search for Platform Church. Definitely, you will see the PC logo and just press play. You will hear me live currently. And so, based on that this morning, 
for every one of you. And for the, those of you, today is the very first time of joining us. I want to say welcome and thank you for joining our covenant service. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. This is a core scripture this morning that we'll be using throughout this month and just to make sure that we all get into the oneness and the unity of what God is expecting you and I to fall into this morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. I'll first and foremost be reading from the King James, and after then I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. The King James and also the Passion. Let me start with the King James. It says here this morning, for I reckon that the suffering of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed unto us. It says, for the endless expectations of the creature awaited the manifestations of the sons of God. Verse 19 also says, it says, for the endless expectation, which means that's an expectations of the world, they are looking for you as a believer currently streaming and listening to me. That there is a particular dimensions of God you are going to capture. There is a particular dimensions of God that is waiting to be revealed in your life. That the world is waiting. They are waiting tirelessly for them to see that very particular point. And I pray this morning that as we begin to engage on these very particular things that guarantees their waiting to be over, you will manifest in the name of Jesus. It also says in the Passion Translation, because I like the Passion Translation, um, it, it, it gives us a clear understanding of how the world is waiting. Because the King James says that they are earnestly expecting, which means they are standing at a corner. They are watching. They are trying to look. They know that you are a born-again child of God. They hear you tell them that Jesus is Lord. But there is a dimension of a manifestation that you must be able to put on the table that guarantee them of hearing that indeed that Jesus is Lord. Now the Passion Translation here says, still on Romans chapter 8 from verse 18 and 19. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. Um, this one is still on the King James. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 and 19. I'm going to the Passion. It says here, um, I am convinced that the suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude, underline that word, that whatever you are going through, it says is less compared com compared to the magnitude of the glory of God. It is less compared it is less compared. I know that it looks as if you are losing your job. It is less compared. I know that it looks as if there are some certain things you are supposed to be operating right now. It is less compared because why? There is a dimensions of God. Even God himself, he is standing waiting for you to capture this reality. That as far as you can capture this truth, his manifestation will become upon your life. It says that it's less compared to the magnitude of the glory that is about to be unveiled within us. He now says, um, the entire universe, it didn't just say that, uh, here it says the next expectation of the creature. Because the creature can be the one only limited to your village. The creature can be the one only limited to your workplace. The creature can be the one only limited to your nationality. The creature can be the one only limited to, to a specific geography. But the passion translation makes us to understand. It says the entire universe is standing on the tiptoe yearning to see do you know what it means to yearn indirectly what it means the fact that they can't sleep their heart is panting they are waking every morning watching that you can you sir that you sibongile that you angela you get to a particular point they are yearning to see 
the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughter. They are yearning to see the unveiling. The word unveiling their means the ability for them to begin to, to, for the things that is inside of you to begin to come out. Because one, see, you can't unveil something that is already not existing. You cannot unveil a thing that is already not existing. For example, some people want to unveil their new company. Some people want to unveil. The company exists, but you are bringing the dimensions of the company product or you are changing the brand of the company and so you are doing an unveiling. I think I know the popular one that happens here in South Africa. Well, in my country, we don't have that very particular thing. South Africa have it. It's called the, what's it called? It's called a tombstone unveiling. <laughs> it's called a tombstone unveiling. That's not the way I'm going, but with a tombstone unveiling, do you notice something? That that very particular tombstone has been crafted. It has been done by the tomb makers or the stone makers. They've written everything that they want you to see. So you all gather at that moment for that to be unveiled. The same thing also applies to every born again child of God. Everyone that is born again, everyone that is genuinely born again, everyone that is settled in God, everyone that is rested, planted and rooted in God, there is an unveiling that the world is looking for. There is an unveiling that is already on your inside. Somebody declared this after me, the world is looking for me. <laughs> the world is looking for me and I am going to unveil the dimensions of God that the world is waiting for. Oh, I want us to say this one more time. The world is looking for me. <laughs> and I am going to unveil the dimensions of God that the world is waiting for. My dear sisters and brothers, this morning, you are, you are up for an unveiling. <laughs> you are up for an unveiling. Before you think of unveiling the tombstone, before you think of unveiling your company, you are the product that God wants to unveil. You are the product that God is looking for. That if only you can capture this truth, if only you can hear what my son is talking to you this morning, that you will become an unveiling to the world. That your world will look at you and they will be shocked. How come you can then be able to show this way? We thought that it is over with you and you will tell them that there is a covenant principle I capture that has guaranteed my unveiling this morning and so therefore with that being said um, before we get into our service this morning what is the meaning of covenant and what is the meaning of manifestation because one of the things that I've seen is the fact that we have a lot of what that is being shoot into the body of Christ a lot of what and majority of the people in the church they really don't understand what it means when we say covenant day of manifestation when you wake up in the morning and you see the poster out and it says covenant day what does it really mean and you see the word manifestation what does it really mean for those of you who've been following us from on the first to on the top for today obviously you've heard me say about a lot of manifestation but today we're going to be looking at something else we're going to be looking at something else this morning but let's look at the meaning of covenant the meaning of covenant in other words for for the circular word you call it a contract you know for you to be able to go work in a particular company that company will give you a document and that document is, 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 a, is an agreement, it's a contract, is a covenant that binds you and the company together. That as long as those very particular criteria, those very particular instructions, those very particular things, demand that they place on you is met, you are guaranteed for your salary. You are guaranteed for the next promotion. You are guaranteed because why? Contract and covenant is what commits the other party to constantly perform upon your life. Contract or covenant is what guarantees the other party. So just because you have the paper in your hand and you've not signed the paper and you are not committed to do 
then that very particular result that that contrast state may not be in your life. And so this morning, we are going to be looking at the covenant of manifestation. What guarantees manifestation? What is my part to play that makes manifestations in view upon my life? And so based on that this morning, the meaning of covenant is a formal agreement or a promise between two or more people. Is a formal agreement or a promise between two or more people. It's a formal agreement. An agreement that some of you this morning, and I pray is all of you, not just some of you. An agreement that all of you this morning is going to enter with you and your father God wholeheartedly that guarantees your manifestation for this month. It says it's an agreement. It also says um, it is to make a formal agreement or to make a promise. It's to make a formal agreement. Do you notice something that when the contract in your office is given to you, or when an agreement is given to you, if your part is not committed on that very particular agreement, whether you've signed the thing, if your part is not to be in play in that agreement, the other party that has the potential of giving you a result is not committed to do so. That's why, for instance, apart from unfailing dismissal, that's why, for instance, the place of CCMA comes into with the South African system and structure, where if one party plays the, their part and the other party refuses to do their part, now the other party who is the employee, who says that, boss, I have an agreement with you. You say if I do one, two, and three, that I'm going to be paid a salary. But all of a sudden, I've done one, two, three. First month pass, second month pass, third month pass, you are not answering me. Now, the other party has the right to take the other party to CCMA. And CCMA will now adjudicate the situation and begin to find a way of providing answer for this party. Because why? There was a binding agreement. The same thing also applies with God. As long as the agreement, and now these are the things, by the time we're going to be looking at this point. As long as the agreement is there. Remember, God is putting an agreement on the table. One of the agreement there may be if you serve me. One of the agreement may be if you love me. One of the agreement may be whatever the agreement is that guarantees your manifestation. He is committed to play his own part. If only you are going to play your part. I've said it several times with that number in this place. If God's promise for your life is out of your own part to play in it, then that is not God's promise. Because God's promise upon any man's life commits us to play our own part in it. You want to be able to carry your children? You must be pregnant for nine months. You want to be able to enjoy divine health? You must be able to practice covenant promises around divine health. You want to be able to enjoy financial rest? You must be able to apply principles that guarantees for financial rest to happen in your life. So no matter how beautiful the contract is, if you are not going to play your part, which is the covenant part, then which means God is not committed. Hear me? He loves you so much. That's why he brought those very particular things. So that if you can then do these things, then it is easy. His love is not to withhold them from you. His love is to see you. Every parent that loves their children will never love their children to kill them. No, I've not seen a parent to do that. I've never seen one. Well, except if you see one, you can introduce me to them because I need to know what happens so that I can lay my hand on them and remove that madness. No parent will want to bring something that will kill their children. If a parent tells the children that wash the dish and I'm going to give you money, the parent knows that he has the money and so I'm going to give you the money. But you must wash the dish. Why? It is being done for the development of the parent. So the covenant and the agreement that we're having this morning, it is for your advantage, not for God's advantage. Your advantage. And so based on that this morning, what else again is the meaning of manifestation? What is the meaning of manifestation? 
To manifest, it means to show something clearly. To show something clearly, or probably to, to show a thorough sign or an action. When you manifest, it's to show something, which means your ability for you to show. The word show there means you already have that very particular thing, either a character, either something tangible, either tangible or intangible stuff. You are showing something. There are some people, for example, you are showing a bad character. You may not understand that you are manifesting something. You are still manifesting just for the fact that your boss is complaining all the time concerning something. There is something that you are showing. There is something that you are manifesting that makes your boss to constantly complain. Your part is to sit down and check. What is the thing that I'm showing? It says manifest to show something. It also means to easily notice or an obvious change. So when people begin to notice an obvious change, when people begin to notice something, which means indirectly you are beginning to manifest. And I pray for somebody this morning, you will begin to manifest beyond your widest imaginations in the name of Jesus. Every good thing that is rested on your inside, every good thing buried on your inside, they will begin to come out this season of your life in the name of Jesus. So based on that, it also says, sorry, manifestation is a sign of showing the existence of a particular condition. I like this one. Manifestation, another meaning of manifestation, is a sign showing the existence. Remember I tell you that it's something that is existing. Is a sign showing the existence of a particular condition. Now that condition can be good condition, that condition can be bad condition. But in the context of what we're talking about is the Christ condition. Which means is a sign showing the existence of a Christ condition that is already on your inside. Which means when you get to office, people are expecting you to react. Maybe something happened, they are expecting you to shout, to throw tantrum, to get angry and begin to do. You begin to show the Christ condition. That the Christ condition, regardless of what is happening, I'm going to give thanks to God. I may not figure out the answer of this very particular thing, but you will never see, you will never see discomfort. You will never see bitterness. You will always be seeing the joy in me because why? You've entered into the Christ condition and that's what you begin to show. And so therefore, because of that this morning, Let's get straight into our business and begin to see what do we need to do and to see how God, Jesus and Timothy, I mean I say Jesus and Paul, manifest a particular dimensions of them that guarantees our rested life. I don't know, but I just feel like praying for somebody this morning. By the time you get to your office this week, I mean this week, by the time you get to your office, that long-awaited challenges, that long-awaited trouble, that long-awaited difficulties that you've been fighting, hear me and hear your prophet, it will be out of the way this week in the name of Jesus. I declare one more time, whatever the challenges is, whatever that fear that you have in the office that keeps making your heart pant, that you are panting, not good panting, but you are afraid that something is about to pop, I pray today that whatever that thing is, it is terminated off your life in the name of Jesus. There is somebody this morning also as I'm busy praying for this group of people. The Lord asked me to tell you that I know that you are waiting for that very particular employment to meet you this month ending. He says this week you will get the letter. Oh, somebody received it. This week you will get that letter you are expecting for your job in the name of Jesus. And so therefore this week, for some of you, you are going to be manifesting in your family. 
For some of you are going to be manifesting in the seven mountains of influence, which is one of them is family, the other one is religion, the other side is business, one of them is politics, education, media, art and culture. I think art and culture and entertainment, if I, if I can remember very well. And so there are seven mountains. I declare this morning that as you go into your mountain this week, as you step out of this service this week, you will manifest God on all the mountains of influence in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Micah chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 4. Micah chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 4. You can write that down. The Bible says there, it says, but in the last days. And we are currently in the last days. But in the last days. It says the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above all the mountains. Which means the Lord's house mountain shall be above the family. It shall be above the business. It shall be above the politics. It shall be above education. It shall be above media. It shall be above art. It said the house of the Lord shall be above it. How can it be above it? If you and I do not enter into the place of manifestation where the people of the world will say, come, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why would they want to go? There is a dimension of the manifestations of God. You have shown in the mountain of influence and they begin to ask, what is the secret of this result? And you then show them Christ in me is what guarantees this manifestation. I pray for somebody this morning. You will enter into that rest in the name of Jesus. And so based on that this morning, we are going to be looking at three examples before I give you ways to enter the sudden manifestations of God. There are ways to enter. Before we talk about the ways, let's look at an example of people. I'll use the word people. That includes God the Father, His Son Jesus, and how they came into manifest. Because I've given you an example of manifestation. I've given you the example of what manifestation is. And I've also given you the covenant, which is an agreement. And we'll be looking at the agreement later on. Now, it's a contract that I'm about to bring for this morning when we look at the ways later. It's your path to either want to enter the contract or you choose to stay back. And one of the things I've seen in church is the fact that there are people, and it's, it's, so, it's so funny. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so funny because I've seen that happen also in platform church. It's so funny that people who seems to come into church at what's it called the early members of church coming or the early members of church goers, those are the people that seems to enter into a dimensions of what the church carry or what the grace carry because why they just to, to stupidly believe the word of God. They, 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 their mind is open. They came in to consume. They came in to take. And so everything that the word of God comes out from that prophet of God, they are willing to run into it. And boom, they begin to see results. And all of a sudden, the older brothers of the house, they begin to complain. And sometimes I get one. This is me. I, I, I laugh sometimes because in my mind, I'm like, ah. the same thing I preach. This person does the same thing. You hear the same thing. You're all seated. For example, like all of you are all seated in your house, wherever you are. You are hearing me say the same thing. These people do theirs. You choose not to do yours. Then you are complaining. I don't understand. And do you notice that the other brother that goes out and complains? Ah, that church is tough. Check what you were doing before that brings the result. Go back to it. Check what you were doing before. So stop complaining. <laughs> Let's look at these this, this, this three scriptures. And we went to our covenant. Scripture number one. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. I want to show you that even in this very particular place, God also knows how to manifest. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Timothy 3 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It's our communion service. Please make sure that you have your communion this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It says, And beyond controversy, 
It says, great is the mystery of godliness. It says, God was manifest in flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, and received up in glory. Now we see in the scripture, Timothy was making us to understand that God was made manifest. Sorry, Paul. He was sending a letter to his son, Timothy, that God was made manifest. So if God can be made manifest, you can be made manifest. He said God was made manifest. God was manifest. Sorry. God was manifest. God was manifest. God, which means there was a dimensions of God where he can turn to a flesh. He can turn to a flesh. There are some of you this morning that is a manifestation's ability that is seated on your inside. It is resident on your inside. But there is something that you must engage that will pull that manifestation to become a reality. It says God was made manifest where? In flesh. And it now says in that flesh it was justified by the spirit. It was justified in the spirit. It says seen by the angels. Which means the angels who saw God. Who understand that God is a spirit. God is a light. Because a lot of things you need to talk about God. God is light. Then all of a sudden they are seeing God in flesh. Now they are confused. They are amazed. Wow. Okay. I thought this guy is light. What the hell am I seeing? Because why? He's made manifest. He says he was seen by the angels. And he was preached unto the Gentiles. And believed on in the world. The world believed him. And he was received into glory. We also look at another scripture. If we can see that God was made manifest. Let's also look at the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. Which means if your God can be made manifest, nothing can stop you from not manifesting this month. I declare that that becomes your reality in the name of Jesus. Let's look at also 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. Kapratosh palata ligerosha. It says, um, it says um, he who sings is of the devil. It says, for devil has sinned from the beginning. It says, for this purpose, the son of God, who happened to be Jesus, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The son of God was manifested. If God was made manifest in the flesh, the son of God, Jesus, was manifest to also deal with the works of the devil. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. The son was made manifest to also deal with the effect of what the devil has done. The son was made manifest. The son was made manifest. I'm using, I'm putting emphasis because if God your father was manifest, Jesus is made manifest also. It says to deal or to destroy the works of the devil. When we are crying for manifestation, God reveals something in me. God let there be a manifestation in me. What is that thing that you want to deal with? Because the truth of it is this. If all you are praying for a manifestation without a respondent of what that manifestation can solve, I bet you all you will get is a spiritual empowerment. But as far as the manifestation is concerned, it can be in view. God was made manifest to justify in the spirit. Jesus was made manifest to deal with the works of the devil. 
we are going to see what Paul was made manifest to deal with also. So my question to you this morning, on this covenant service that we are engaging in, what is the place that you want to make manifest into? How do you want to be seen? What solutions you want to solve? What is the problem that you want to bring an answer to? If you are going to office every day, how do you want to be able to bring a dimensions of God manifestation on that very particular job? Now, when you have the understanding of that reality, that's how manifestation becomes a view. It says here in the book of 1 John, one more time. 1 John, thank you very much, my beloved Angela. I really appreciate you. It says here, it says he, it says, he who sins is of the devil. Now, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Which means from the beginning of the world, the devil has sinned. He now says, yeah, he said, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested. For this reason, this is why the son of God was made manifest. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Let's look at my final scripture before we get to our point. My final scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 and 15. It says here. It says, Now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and make manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. He said, for we are unto God a sweet servant of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. He says, now look at verse 15, I'll go back to 14. He says, for we are unto God a sweet servant of Christ, which means God has made manifest in them. And who is these people that they are manifesting to? He said, first to them that are saved. And also to them that are perished. But now let's look at verse 14. It says, Thanks be to, unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Which means, why were they triumphing? Because Christ has been made manifest in them. Christ has been made manifest in him. It says, And make manifest the Savior of his knowledge. By who? By us in every places. Which means Paul was making the current church to understand that the manifestation that you are seeing, it is not of us, it is of Christ. He has made manifest through us that you are seeing this. And now he makes us to understand to do what? To first and foremost, to be able to mature the safe. To mature the believers. To mature those that want to grow in the dealings of God. And to also to those that are perishing. Which means those ones that are not born again. So which means that's what I make it to understand. That manifestation can only be in view. If it has an assignment for each to perform upon. There are some of you currently now, you are in the entertainment industry. I like using entertainment industry, media and, and, and business. Maybe that's because of the three places that I and my wife were currently into. And so... For those of you who are into the what you call the entertainment industry, when you keep saying God manifest in me, manifest in me, let there be a manifestation dimensions of God. The question that I want to ask you, what is that manifestation going to do in that very particular entertainment industry? Can it make God's name be glorified or to make your name to become the big boys? Can it make God's name to glorify or will God be able to see himself as a signature in your life on that very particular entertainment industry? And if that part is not in view, you will pray manifestation and all you will get is a certain levels of, of influence. I use the word certain because obviously there is a way that you can push yourself whereby you obey the principle. I've taught you that severally. That there is a blessings of Christ and there is a principle of Christ. Now the principle of Christ is what the world is doing 
90% of the world is doing the principle, in fact, not even 90, 100% of the world. 100% of the world is doing the principle of Christ, which guarantees them their daily survival. But there is a blessing of Christ that turned that daily survival to become a quantum leap experience. Because when you engage the principle of Christ and the blessings of Christ that make rich and have no sorrow, before you know what is going on, your life becomes a quantum leap experience. It says here that it has been made manifest by the Savior of his knowledge by us in every places. Quickly this morning, I have a bit of a long point that I want to address and I pray that I'll be able to say them all. But if not so as usual, we'll finish them on Thursday. Point number one, ways to enter the sudden manifestations of God. Remember, it's a covenant service this morning. We're looking at covenant principles. There, there, are, there are a lot of ways. I'm going to try as much as possible if the one that fits you this morning because God is going to be reminding you of his covenant. He's going to be reminding you of his promises. But he's going to also be reminding you of his ways and his principles. That these are the things that if you can then do, you will be able to manifest me easily. Number one, uh, apart from those of you who are born again, but if you're not born again, I think the first point I have to even put here as my point number one, you must be born again. You want to be able to manifest Christ, you must be born again. You must be born again. Number one, you must be born again. If your born again experience is not in view, forget about this manifestation thing we're talking about. And when we're talking about being born again, we're talking about ability for you to be fully convinced that you are born again. To know that you are not something that you are, you are thinking, am I born again? Am I not born again? The Bible says in the book of John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him, whosoever believe, your ability to be born again is your believing in God. It also becomes to understand in Romans, it says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, it says thou shall be saved. If you've not confessed Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, forget about this manifestation experience. It is not for those who are of the world. It is of those who are of God and God deploying them to become a solution in the world. I'll repeat it again. The born again, the manifestation we are talking about this morning. It is not for the unbelievers. It is for the believers. It is for those who are rested. Those who have been written in Christ. Those who are now partaker of his work. These are the people that this very particular experience belong to. So which means number one, you must be born again. And if you are not born again, you are listening to me or maybe for you. You've forgotten if you are born again. You can't remember, am I born again? Am I not? The moment you're asking yourself that question, just know you're not born again already. By the time we finish the service, we're going to make it, we're going to, what you call, call for those who want to give their life to Christ. And I pray that you become part of those people in the name of Jesus. Now, let's get into our next point. What must I do? Is the fact that, number two here, you must understand and believe that God loves you. You must understand and believe that he loves you. Because the truth of it is the fact that if you cannot receive of his love, if you cannot receive that he loves you, the ability for you to be able to pull out the manifestations of God, the ability for you to be able to receive of his love, which then enforces the manifestation to become in view. It enforces the manifestation. For example, I'm married. And so based on that, when we talk about this love, if my wife does not receive of the love that I have for her, or if I don't receive of the love that my wife has for me, the ability for me to enjoy that very particular love, it will not be in view because why? I have not received of it. So which means you must believe that your God loves you. We can see that in the book of 1 John chapter 4, 1 John 4, 9, 10, and also 18 and 19. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. I'm going to be reading this from the Living um, Bible. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. 
and also 18 and 19. It says here this morning, it says, God showed how much he loved us. You've already seen how much he loved us by sending his only son into the wicked world to bring us to eternal life through his death, which means God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And based on that, he brought his son so that you can be a partaker of his love. He brought his son so that by receiving of his son, being born again, you can then be begin, you can then also begin to manifest the fullness of what this very particular son carries. He says um, that he brought his son into this world to bring us. So the love of God is to bring us. The love of God is to bring us. The love of God is to bring us to the realm where we begin to manifest what that love carries. It says also in verse 10, it says in the act that we, we see what real love is. It is not our love for God, but his love for us when he sent his son to testify anger against our sin. Remember, Jesus was sent to testify anger. He was sent to deal. He was made manifest to deal with the sins of this world. That's why I tell people, Jesus is not angry with you. He's angry with the sin nature. And the sin is of the devil. So which means he's angry with the devil. He has no business with you. He has no business getting angry with you. His joy for you is the fact that you receive of this truth. Because why? He loves you so much. We also now say in verse 18. Jump down to verse 18. Verse 18 it says here. It says we have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. It says a perfect love for us eliminates all the dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid... If, I mean, if we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and show that we are not fully convinced that he truly loves us. It says in verse 19, so you see, our love for him comes as a result of his love for us first, which means he loves you first. Somebody declared this after me, God loves me regardless of my fault. God loves me regardless of my shortfalls god loves me regardless of my errors god loves you he loves you and because of his love he sent his son so if you receive of this love you begin to ma manifest he says we need he says something here i'm trying to find it in verse 10 he says in this act we see the real of we see what real love is we begin to see how god loved i mean how god loved his son jesus the bible says the book of um, hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 it says because the son was the son has become the express image it has become the radiation of god why it was from the portal of love so love guarantees us if we receive of the love and say, I just want to receive of this love, you have qualified to become a partaker of the manifestation that he has for us. Let's also look in the book of Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10. It says, the mountain may shift and the hills may be shaken. It says, but my faithful love won't shift from you and my covenant of peace won't be shaken. Say the Lord, the one who pities you. He says, no matter what happened, 
no matter if you can just receive of my love no matter what happened it says the mountain may be shaking the earth may be going into stuff the hills may not be even in a line the economy situation may be may, may not be may not be right think that the president may come up with some certain policies that you don't like you yourself maybe for example the minister of finance comes and says there's going to be a junk state according to the fintech corporation or whatever they call them he says but if you receive of my love you say all that may happen it says, but I will not be shaken. I won't shift from you. Why? Because of his love. Because of his love. My dear, no matter the principle I'm going to be bringing out from this very particular point, if you have not received of the love of God, those principle will just be a mere practice you are doing, and yet you will not be able to enter into it. So this very particular point, the love of God, the love of God, which is the beginning of all wisdom, the fear of God, the love of God. When we talk about the fear of God, we are not talking about you not being afraid of God. No, we're talking about you adoring. We're talking about you worshiping. We're talking about you referencing that this God loves me. I know that things are not working, but I'm loved of God. The moment you keep saying that, the moment you are waging of the devil out of your life. You are sending the devil packing out of your life because why? The devil wants you to believe. That the reason why you are going through this very particular thing is because God does not love you. The devil wants you to believe that the reason why this happened to you two days ago, it is because God is angry with you. Let me say this to somebody this morning. The God that I serve can never be angry with his children. He can never be angry. Hear me, he might be disappointed. And I'm even using that word from the standpoint of a man. He might be disappointed, but God cannot be angry. And his disappointment is not the fact that he is disappointed to throw you away. No. He is disappointed that my son, my daughter, don't you see what I've done? Don't you see my love for you? Don't you see how much I love you? How come are you letting the devil to make you feel that this is what is going on? Because why? That he, he, he is shocked. That with all the, for example, with all the, 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 the bushanga, the gently moves I threw just to show you my, who I am. And yet you are still doubting? That is his, that is his shock. Like, wow. Okay? And guess what? Even with his shock, he kind of find a way to make sure that, okay, I know that you are tired. I know that your yeah, platform church door is not open, but you can listen to the online service. I'm going to show you again that I love you. I'm going to remind you that I love you. And that's why you are here this morning for me to tell you that, number one, that your love for him, your love for him, or probably you, him loving you, guarantees you your side for manifestation. And also, which means as he loves you also, you also begin to love him. You also begin to love him. Romans chapter 8 verse 22. I mean Romans 8 28. Romans 8 chapter 28. It makes us to understand that and we know that all things work together to those who love him. To those who love him. Not those who just come around. To those who love him. See, no, see everybody in a relationship know if their partner loves them or not. You know. Except if you are lying to yourself. You know if this guy is for you or not for you. Before my wife said yes to me. She must have received of the love, knowing too well that this one is a two-way traffic. It's not a one-way. As I'm pouring, he's pouring. He says, and we know that all things work together for good. Now, there is a condition to those who love him. Do you love God? If you love God, we'll see it by your action. If we love God, we'll see it by your service. If we love God, we'll see it by your confession. If we love God, we'll see it by your posture of your hand. He said, to those who love him. And he now made it also the point number two out there. And those who have been called according to his purpose. 
according to God's purpose, not your purpose, according to his purpose. So a love that is not routed for a love for God or a manifestation that you are expecting that is not routed for your love of God and also for his agenda on earth cannot be a manifestation from God. It cannot be a manifestation from God. A love that is not routed, a manifestation not routed for love of God and for his agenda, which is his purpose, cannot be. I know many of us love this very particular scripture. I love the scripture so much because I know all things are working together for my good. I have to be rested that as these things are working together for my good, it must be working because I love God. It must be working because I engage in God. It must be working because I'm falling in line according to his purpose. I'm not just going to shout, all things are working together for my good. And yet your hand is on the water. Your hand is in a Sangoma practice. Your hand is in the demonic activities. And yet you are shouting, I love God. God is looking at you. Who are you deceiving? Who are you deceiving? On, Mon on Sunday, you love God. On Monday, you are far from God. And yet you are saying, I love things are working together for my good. On Monday, on Sunday, you love God. The moment you get to your office, you throw God in your car. God, stay here. God is different from business. Let's just do God. I will meet you on Thursday. Pastor Darlington is going to post. I'm going to pick up. I'll meet you on Thursday. But as far as Monday to Wednesday is concerned, sharp God, let me do my thing. He says, all things are working together for my good. He says, for those who love God. If it has to work together for my good, it has to be from the standpoint of the love that I have for God and of his purpose upon my life. And also as we begin to go, what is again that qualifies us? Point number three, remember that number one, you must be born again. Number two, you must accept of his love. And in you accepting of his love, you also must be willing to give love. As you accept of his love, you must also be able to love God. Then number three this morning is the fact that we must believe and trust his ability and his integrity. We must believe. We must, it's a must for you to believe. If you can't believe God's integrity, if you can't believe God's ability, his integrity is the fact that he cannot lie to his promise. His integrity is the fact that what he says he would do it. His integrity is the fact that if I tell you 5 a.m. is 5 a.m. If you cannot trust God's integrity, if you cannot trust his ability to bring you out from your inabilities, then which means the manifestation cannot be in view. Point number three, we must believe. It's a contract as part of God's system that guarantees manifestation for your life. It's a contract, a covenant that, my friend, if you want my manifestation, if you can't believe that I can do this for you, if you don't trust me, if you don't have the integrity, if my integrity is not strong in your life, then that part cannot be in view. Let's look at the place integrity, Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 and 20. Numbers 23, 19 and 20. Numbers 23. 19 and 20. It says him, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and not do it? Has he spoken and he shall not make it good? It says, Behold, I have received the commandment to bless and had blessed and I cannot reverse it. That's God for you. His integrity. When he is committed to bless, he blesses and cannot reverse it. My question for you this morning, do you trust God's integrity? Do you know that he cannot lie? That he said to you that I am going to make you to be maritally settled before this year come to an end. Do you trust God? Do you trust his integrity that he will be able to perform that very particular thing? 
that if he says come tomorrow by 5 a.m show up and you make the confession that i promise you by nine o'clock when you get to the office you will see my manifestation can you trust god's integrity to that extent that when he tells you by 2 a.m go to i wanted to say Todd Milan bridge go to what's it called michelangelo stand in front of that nelson mandela status a man will meet you there that's my integrity go there a man can you trust god to that extent that if he says this he cannot lie the man will meet me there i will go he will meet me there he also says in the book of genesis chapter 21 verse 1 to 2 genesis 21 1 to 2 this was the story of sarah he was talking to sarah making sarah to understand he says and the lord visited sarah and had said as he had said he says the lord said unto sarah as he had spoken he said for sarah conceived and bare abraham a son in his old age at the set time which the lord what had spoken it at the set time which the lord had spoken it at the set time with the lord the integrity of god if god said it i believe it that settles it if god said it i believe it that settles it if it says i'm going to manifest i believe it and that settles it we must believe the ability for us to believe we have a lot of believers that are coming to church yet they are not believing they say jesus is lord but i bet you by the time the service is over they are looking for another angle to supplement that jesus is lord and yet they come on our pulpit and they say thank god that are you sure it is god that do that or you believe on something that you have gone to see we must believe we must believe if God said it that by this that before my time on earth is over that I will become fathers of many nations and yet I don't have any Isaac that guarantees that so be it I believe if he says it the Bible says in this verse that scripture we read Genesis 21 1 and 2 it says and the love he said as he had spoken as was his integrity as he has spoken that was his integrity as he had spoken and guess what when he spoke to Sarah and Abraham the indices that guarantees for childbirth were not in view. The parameters that you need to have that makes childbirth to become a reality was not in their life. Abraham was old 99 years. Sarah was 89 years. Because they said they gave birth at 100. 89, 89. How, like, I don't understand. I'm a man. I know that at, what you call, at 99. Oh boy, that department has gone to rest. It has, it has, it has, it has, it has chilled. It is resting. It's living a rested life at that moment. And yet, the guy fired and the child comes out. What am I saying? Abraham believed. He believed God's integrity. And based on the belief of his integrity, he now believed God's ability. From the integrity that, okay, I believe God's integrity that what he said will come to pass. But does God has the ability to do so? Because it's wanting for somebody to have an integrity. But it's another thing for them to have the ability to back up their integrity. For example, if I come to you and I tell you tomorrow that I want to give you, you, you trust your pastor. You know that your pastor, when he says 9 o'clock is 9 o'clock service, you know that it's an integrity part. You know, if you think otherwise, I'll fight you. <laughs> you know that when your pastor says this is going to happen, it's going to happen. And let's say I call you tomorrow and I say, okay, fine. Angela, I want you to meet me at, 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 at Nelson Mandela's club. It's an example. I'm not saying meet me before you now. <laughs> like, I'm using an example. I want you to meet me at Nelson Mandela Square. And I said, as you meet me at Nelson Mandela Square, I will go, I'm going to give you 5 billion rand for that project you want to do. Now, you believe me. You know that, okay, I believe this guy integrity. I know that he will show up at Nelson Mandela Square 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. 
but do I believe his ability of $5 billion? So which means there are people that have the integrity, but the ability to sponsor it. See, that person who promises you that very particular job, possibility that they, they, their integrity is strong, but the question is, is their ability in view? Because just because you have integrity does not mean you have any ability. The example I gave you, if you come tomorrow and he meets me now, I'm telling you today, if you come today and you meet me now to give you $5 billion, I'll first of all ask you, um, is God asking you to sow the seed into my life? Because I know God should tell you to sow it in my life, not the other way around. Because why? As sweet as that very particular thing sounds, I want to give you the $5 billion. Trust me, I want to give you. But at the moment, I don't have the ability to do that. My integrity says, uh, I will not lie in giving you the $5 billion. But my ability is saying, oh boy, you don't have the $5 billion. So it matters God for you. It, can you believe God's integrity and his ability? That if he says it cannot lie, I know he's going to do it. If he says it, I know. If he says it, I know. If he says it, I know. Now that's what compelled his manifestation to be upon your life. Abraham believed God and it was counted for him as righteousness. Abraham believed. Even when his body was dead, Abraham believed. Even when Sarah's womb was no more, Abraham believed. Because why? He was believing in the integrity and in the ability that God can do this. He was believing in the integrity that God is all-powerful. God is almighty. This is God that owns the universe. He controls everything. He believes and it was counted for him. All of a sudden, we can see from the product of his belief that Isaac becomes a reality. And out of the belief, out of trusting in God, out of trusting in his ability, out of trusting in his integrity, he becomes a father of many nations from the standpoint of believing and from the standpoint, I mean from the standpoint of God's integrity and the standpoint of believing. He says in the book of 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter, sorry, chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 to 4. It says here, Say grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, and of our Lord Jesus. It says, according as his divine power. According as his divine power. Has it given us all things? Has he given us all things? Do you believe his ability of all things? That God has the possibility to do all things. He says, I've given us all things that pertains to life and to godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory. He says, whereby he has given us exceeding and gracious promises. Exceeding and great promises. He says, and by this, that we might be a partaker of his divine nature. Having escaped in the corruption of this world through lust. Do you believe? Do you believe his integrity? It's not believing Pastor Darlington. If I come tomorrow and I tell you that I can give you a child, my dear, I'm only telling you that standpoint because I believe God's integrity that what I say, he will do it. And I believe his ability that he has the capacity to make that happen. I don't give children. I don't give job. I don't give marital settlement. I know the God. I believe in him. I trust that when I say in the name of Jesus for you, it will come to pass. And that's exactly what happened. Even when you doubt me. Because why? I trust the one that sent me. I believe in him. I know his ability. And so based on that, I make boldly declaration. I make bold confession for your life. Because why? I know his integrity. And I know his ability. Point number three quickly. Well, I mean, point number four, what else again is our covenant practice that guarantees for our manifestation? Number four, the posture of your heart. 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 
the posture of your heart the posture of your heart now this is the posture which is which is a for lack of a better word is a part b session of your faith and believing because dependent of the posture of your heart determines the level of manifestation you are going to receive the level of manifestation see every one of us has a very level of the posture of our heart for example my posture of my heart may be different from yours yours may be bigger than mine oh yes obviously just because i'm a pastor does not mean that i have a great faith more than your faith we are all given the measure of faith I've seen it in my lifetime that God has helped me for me to walk this very particular earth. Thus far, I've seen members, I've seen choir, I've seen usher, I've seen what you call mechanic, I've seen cleaners, I've seen the poor certain dimensions of God. And yet the pastor is the pastor is shocked. Uh -uh. God, we we go back home, ask God, how far now? Like what the hell just happened? As much as we celebrate, I'm not saying that it's not good for you to let your pastor know what God has done in your life. We'll probably do because you telling your pastor what God has done in your life and he prays for you is a ceiling. It seals that, that that becomes a permanent. That's why for us as a church, I bless those of you who, who send messages and say, Pastor, this is what the Lord has done for me. And if you notice, I then tell you, socially, it remains permanent and stuff. That word that comes out, seal that thing to become permanent. It seals it to become permanent. And so the posture of your heart determines the level of manifestation. The posture of your heart. The story I'm going to give you this morning is the book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 to 23. Matthew 13, 18 to 23. Now this was a parable of the seed. The parable of the seed. What did we learn from the parable of the seed? It's a long read. I'm not going to read it, but I'm just going to give you a, a few points in there. Then I'm going to, um, what's called, jump to my next point. The parable of the seed. What happened? We can see when Jesus was given this very particular parable. He gave a parable of four different kinds of people. But I like the last point of people because that's where I'm going. Number one, he gave a kind of people, which means a kind of people whereby they are a wayside kind of people. They have a wayside heart. Whatever happened when they go along the way, the thing finish. Just the thing just go, life moves on. Now that's their posture of the heart. They are always a wayside kind of guys. Then we see the stony ones. The ones whereby when they receive the thing, all of a sudden the thing, they receive, they are born again. You see, they, can I shock you? These four guys, they are all born again. The wayside guys, the stony heart guys, the ones who are torn guys, and the good guys. They are all born again. All of them, they are born again. Because why? They are all in church. Let's assume. They all come to church. They all give their life to Christ. But the posture of their heart had not fully received. So the one who is the wayside guy, like Jesus was explaining the parable, he says this very particular one receive of this very particular word, and when he goes away, the wicked one comes and collects it from his hand. Because why? He is always concerned with the things of this world. He is always worried. Oh boy, I know my pastor says, I leave that nonsense. I beg, move face this one. I hear my pastor, but move face this part. Let's, let's just do this one. Now, those are wayside Christianity. Those are wayside believers. Those are wayside postures of heart. Then we have the other one called the stony heart. These are the ones that all of a sudden that they receive the word and all of a sudden and, 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 and as they go out because that very particular word was not rooted in them. The word was not sitting in them. The Bible says uh, something just come boom and take that very particular thing. Their heart is not rooted. Their heart is not settled. Their heart is not grounded in God. Their belief is, yes, I believe you, pastor, but if I turn my back, forget it. Their belief is, yes, I believe you, pastor, but if anything happens, I'm going to disbelieve you. Their belief, you know, those are the kind of, this, this kind of, uh, what you call, of, of stony Christians. Those are the ones that, at the moment their heart goes down, and something happened tomorrow, Monday. They begin to insult the church. You see all this church, you know, forget this nonsense. These are the ones, for example, that when they give, this, <laughs> when they give their seed to God, 
instead of rejoicing and thanking God for the opportunity of giving, tomorrow something happens, they begin to curse. Ah! This church! And you're, you're wondering, oh boy. Now, by that attitude, do you notice that it's a posture of your heart? By that posturity, if there's an English like that, if it's not there, add it. Your pastor can come up with dictionary word. That is that, by that posturity of your heart determines what you get. He now talks about the ones of tongues. He said, these are the ones that are concerned with the affairs of this world. All of a sudden, they, they like following trends. If they notice that the trend is this, they go here. They, these, are, these ones, they, they are not stable. Now, that's the posture of them. Guess what? These three guys I mentioned, they are all Christians. But just the fact that they are dubbed is not in view. Then he now talks about the ones I like. It's called the good ones. The ones that has good heart. But now let me shock you. Even these ones that have good heart, their result is measurable according to the depthness of their goodness. Their result, their ability to manifest God is also measurable. If you look at it in Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, Matthew 13, 23, Matthew 13, 23. I want to see if my beloved have it posted here. Uh, please can you, if you can give me 23, uh, Matthew 13, 23. Matthew 13, 23. If you can give me that one so that I can then be able to buttress my point. He says, um, why she's trying to post it? Because of, of, of time stuff. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. Only that 23 because I want to show you something. I, I, I just want that scripture to be on the screen so that it makes, it makes my life easy. Because I want you to see something. That your manifestation in this very particular kingdom, it's also dependent on the level of your depth with God. Of your depth with God. It says here, um, in verse 23, he said, but he that received the seed into the good ground, which means your heart is good. You are not the wayside. You are not the, the ones who are thorns. You are not the, the stony one. Your heart is very good. He said, but he that received this one on the good ground, he said, he heareth the word and understandeth it. Do you see the place of light? Do you see why we come every Monday, I mean, every, every weekday, and we come to make those confessions from the standpoint of understanding now, understanding comes in various degree. Understanding comes in various level. It now says there also. It says, which also beareth fruit. It says, and bringeth forth some hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Why all of them not hundred? It's because of their level of understanding. So what is the posture of your heart? The level of your understanding of God determine the degree of the manifestation you are going to enter into. Determine the degree of the manifestation you are going to experience. Determine the degree of the manifestation. It says here, it says, um, I think her own is from the New King James Version. It says, but he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. It says, who indeed bears fruit and produce because out of the understanding you are compelled to bear fruit the reason why your life is not bearing fruit the reason why you are not manifesting my question to you do you have the just the knowledge base or you have you have shifted it to the understanding base where like paul said that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened so that you then begin to understand it and as you understand that reality it now begins to produce now your level of understanding depends i mean depends on the manifestation that you begin to display your level of understanding your level of understanding which means there's a level you get to begin to produce 30 fold there's a level you get to begin to produce 60 fold there's a level you get to begin to manifest 100 fold why it is totally dependent on the posture of your heart i pray for somebody this morning under the sound of my voice you will stretch your heart to believe more of god in the name of jesus 
I declare upon you right now, every seed that has hold your heart captive, every seed that has made your heart a wayside Christianity, every seed that has made your heart to be a stony Christianity, every seed that has made your heart to be a heart of thorns, I terminate those works upon your life in the name of Jesus. I declare that your heart is good from today. I declare that you begin to produce according to your understanding after this service in the name of Jesus. The posture of your heart. The posture of your heart. Point number four quickly. Point number four. What are the ways that guarantees my manifestation? What are the covenant agreement that I have to agree? That the reason why this thing is not working is not because God is not working. It is because I've not walked the walk. The reason why this is not working is not because God is not doing anything. It is because I've not taken out the time for me to spend to shift my result from 30 to 60. And if you are 60 to shift it. Lord, I'm tired of the 60. I want to enter into the 100. Now you begin to prune your heart. You begin to fertilize your heart. You begin to do. You begin to take intentionality. You begin, you know, that for, for example, a farmer. When a farmer wants to produce some certain crops. Do you notice that the farmer does not blame the ground? The farmer knows what to put in the ground to make the crop comes out the way he wants it to come. The same thing also applies to you. Your heart is your ground. You must be able to know what to put. What are the indices that guarantees? I'm tired of 30. I'm talking for those believers who now understand that, okay, in this kingdom, our results are in degrees. Oh, yes, our results. The Bible just said it now. In Matthew that you've just finished reading. He just said it that our results, they are all in degrees. They come in degrees. I may be living at a 30 level degree now. Watch the space. I went into 60. Because why? There's a space. I discovered there's still 70. I can enter into 70. There's a space. I know what to do to enter into 90. Before you know what's going on, 100 level. Because why? The, the chances for growth in God is totally at the disposal of any man. But it is your responsibility for you to enter that part. Point number four quickly. What must I do that guarantees my manifestation to be in view? Number four, a solid Sorry, a sold and a consecrated life to God. A sold out person and a consecrated life to God. You are so consecrated to God. Where the affairs of this world does not move you. You are not shaken. You are not bamboozled by the dealings of this world. A sold out and a consecrated life to God. And how do we see the consecration? We see the consecration by the word that of word of God on your life. We see the consecration by the prayer life you engage. We see the consecration by the Holy Spirit engagement and also your ability for you to follow his ways. So when we talk about this sold out life, are you sold out to the word of God, number one? Are you sold out to your prayer life? When I mean your prayer life, that includes with fasting. Because MC, this is me. Hear me. I know that you've listened to too many teachings. And I'm not against those teachings. But as long as you are still part of the Rested Life Commission, one of a life that you must strive to live, you must live a life of prayer with fasting. Not just to pray. I'm not saying that you have to pray and fast every day. If you can do it, why not? Why not? That's your grace. But at least a week must not pass without you entering into a place of prayer with fasting. A week should not come to an end. Minimum a week should not come to an end without you taking a day out. Not just because darling, you put the, the, the prayer and fasting for the month. You must because that's the month on. Oh boy, that is a weekly that I enter. That is a weekly. But we, we did the month on, I hear. But oh boy, the devil does not take break. 
I've covered the month, but I must insist every week in prayers and in fasting, in studying the word of God, in engaging the presence of the Holy Spirit, communing with the Holy Spirit, and also practicing his way. It has to be a solid and consecrated life to God. Is solid and consecrated. If it has to be solid, it has to be solid by the word. If it has to be solid, it has to be solid with prayers and fasting. If it has to be solid, it has to be solid with your communion with the Holy Spirit. If it has to be solid, it has to be solid with you obeying the ways and the principles of God. If you are not going to go on God's way, see, with God's way, there is no my way insurance. It's not a my way insurance. It is God's way insurance. My way insurance will never make things your way. Forget it. It has to be God's way. If it's not God's way, it's no way. So your ability for you to be solid. Let's look at two scriptures. And after then, I'll give you some few points on how to benefit from this. Um, what's it called? Point number one. I'm sorry. Um, scripture number one. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. Proverbs 23, 26. I believe that somebody is blessed this morning. Proverbs 23. This is it. I'm, I'm reading the covenant. I'm reading the agreement. Agreement doesn't come nice, but it guarantees manifestation. Agreement and contract doesn't come cheap, but it guarantees your salary being paid. Agreement and contract is not something we want to. We just want the office to just let just. The reason why you want to work in that company because you see a dexterity, you see a certain level of excellence, you see a certain level of decorum, and so based on that, you want to work for that very particular company. But the company, no matter how that company loves you so much, they will throw a contract at your table, and you'll be shocked. I thought you loved me. Yes. My love for you is to give you this contract so that I am committed out of my standpoint of love to show you. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. Proverbs 23, verse 26. Proverbs 23, verse 26. It says here, My son, my daughter, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. <laughs> Let's look at it one more time. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. Not give Pastor Darlint in your heart. Not give the church your heart. But give God your heart. And let your eyes delight in the ways of God. It is only a solid and a consecrated person would go this dimension. God, all of me to get all of you. So I can manifest all of you. All of me for the all of you to manifest the all of you on this earth I am. It takes a all of you to get the all of God so that you can manifest all on earth for what God has for you. If you cannot give God your heart, your consecrated heart, I can't be gambling with my heart. My heart is important. I can't give the devil my heart and give God my heart. No, it's not possible. I can't be a wayside Christianity. I can't be, I have to be a solid it has to be solid. It has to be sold out. It has to be consecrated. You are rested. You are settled. You're, you're, you are not shifted. When somebody is coming to, take, to find a way of entering your heart, you tell the person, oh boy, it is either God or nobody. Your ability to be sold out. It says, my daughter, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Give me your heart. You can't give God your heart wholeheartedly and not take interest in the kingdom of God. You can't give God your heart wholeheartedly and not take interest in the word of God. You can't give God your heart and not take interest in prayers and fasting. You can't give God your heart and not take interest in the covenant principles that guarantees for your rested life, marital settlement, financial prosperity. You can't give God your heart and not enter into that very particular place. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. 
Give me your heart. How many of you is going to give God your heart this morning? Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. If you can give me your heart, not your money. Give me your heart. If I can get your heart, your money is blessed. Give me your heart. If I can get your heart, your marriage is blessed. Give me your heart. If I can get your heart, that trouble is, is going to go away. Give me your heart. God is calling somebody this morning on a give me your heart responsibility. Give me your heart demand. It has to be demanded. You have to give God. God, my heart belongs to you. When I entered into that very particular reality, God, it is either your way or no way. Then I begin to experience the peace of God. I remember, what's it called? By the time I was out with my wife on the long break, I, was, I, was, I won't say I was in a break because I was still doing service. I was just in a different time zone or a different location. I made a covenant with God on that mountain experience. Lord, it is either your way or no way. And when I made that agreement, I told my wife, babe, I am dying here. You stay the other side and do your own part. But as long as this is concerned, I am giving God my heart. My heart belongs to him. I am consecrating myself to God. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. One of the things I put here, I say, until your heart is one with God. You will not benefit fully from the manifestation package in line with you. You will not manifest. Psalm 119 verse 105. Psalm 119 verse 105. Kaparo palata shebrete. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. If I can get your heart and your eyes delight in my ways, be shocked as to the result that you begin to command. He says also here, Psalm 119 verse 105. He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word, the ability for you, because you are now solid, you are sold out. You don't, you know, you are not, you're, you are not moved. Your heart is not troubled. When there is a, when there, for lack of a better, when there is a COVID, when there is a pandemic, when there is a sickness, when there is a low shedding, there is whatever. Your heart is, what God said to it. My son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. The Bible also says here in the book of Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Jeremiah 15 verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. It says here, thy words were found and I did eat them. Thy words was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Which means for my heart to be rejoicing. I found your word and I eat them. A solid born again child of God. A mature believer. Like I keep saying, I told my wife the other day. I said, there are some certain things I cannot say on air. I cannot say to you at this level. If I say it, it's going to... And it's painful to me because it's a dimension that you must enter into. And that very particular level is for the mature believer. Jesus said to the disciples when he was about to leave him. When he was about to leave him, He said, there are many things I want to say to you. But if I tell you now, you will shrink and pass on. If I tell you now, you will die. If I tell you now, you will leave the gospel. But the Holy Spirit will come. He will tell you things of me, Christ. So the Holy Spirit does not tell you things of, 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 of your village. He tells you things of Christ. No matter the thing that is happening in your village. He tells you things of Christ. Your ancestors are fighting you. He tells you things of Christ. Because he knows that if your mind is loaded with Christ. Those things in your village. Those, those practices and those demonic things. They will become non-entities in your life. And you will not be able to see them anymore. He tells you things of Christ. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. He says thy word have I found. And I did eat them. If you notice. He didn't say I just bruised it. I eat them. Do you know what it means to eat? You know, I feel like as I'm saying this in my mind, I'm just thinking of Julius Malema. <laughs> Where that very particular lawyer asked him, what does it mean to kiss? He said, 
<laughs> so now as I'm thinking, do you know what it means to eat? You carry your food, you open it, you sit down, and you begin to mourn. As you are, you are eating it. That's how you eat the Bible. You eat it. You eat it. And before, I, before I stand up, before I do my things by what you call on a daily basis, and I don't do that because I'm a pastor. I don't do that because I want to preach. I do that because this is where I get my strength from. I started the word. I eat it. I make sure that I meditate on it. Out of the meditation. See, let me say this. Some of the meditations I gave you, we do during the week. These are meditations that I've been practicing. I've been doing it. I do it. I make the confession. When I'm driving alone, I do that. My wife can tell you sometimes, as I'm driving, I'm muttering something in my spirit. La Pratos, my line of... I do that because why? It is something that I've eaten. It has settled on my inside. It has balanced inside of me. Said, I what have I found? And I did eat them. I eat them. He now says, and they are joy and rejoicing of my heart. And for I am called by name, by thy name, O the God of hosts. For I am called by thy name, thy word. He says here, when your word came, I ate them. When your word came, as I'm talking now, somebody should be eating. You should be rejoicing and be happy. This is the word of God. I want to go to service. I want to. For example, by the time the door is going to be open and by God's grace, the door of platform is going to be open, you'll be excited every Sunday. Every Thursday, you are excited. I want to go to church. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together because why? I want to go eat the word. I'm going. It's like saying that you want to pour fuel in your garage. I mean, you want to pour fuel in your car, but yes, you don't want to go to the garage. I don't understand. So for me now, at this moment, see that some certain things, even me myself, I know I can't say now because the church of God, our platform church door is not open. So I'm limited to some certain things I want to say. So based on that, I'm still happy that you are in your house, wherever you are seated now. You are listening to the word of God and you are eating them. You don't, and you know when you eat the food, after eating it, it begins to go to your body. Your body begins to move. Your body begins to adjust. Your body begins to, I remember that is a beloved daughter of mine. I know she's listening to me. And I was saying to her, by the time I saw her, after a couple of months, I've not seen her. I said, ah, what's going on? What's, what's your problem? And I said, you will eat. And I told my wife, make sure that she eats. Because I know that when you eat, you're, you are looking at me. I know you're looking at me and I'm talking to you. You will eat. Not while I'm still not rubbing, while I'm still your pastor. You will eat. Yo, you will eat. You will, yo, you will add flesh. I don't want to mention name, but you know yourself. Because why? You must eat it. You must eat it. Let's quickly, John, let's quickly see. How do you benefit from the eating? When you are eating the word of God, number one, crave for illumination. Crave for light. Crave for illumination. Because it is when you eat it and the light of the world pops out of you. That's what begins. See, let me say this. The dimensions of God, you, I mean, the, the dimensions of life you want to live, it's there available. Oh, it's available. But it's waiting for a version of you that has to be reviewed to match up that place you are going to. That place you want to work, that company you want to buy, that business you want to engage in, that level is available on your inside. Can I, do you know how I know that it's available? It's because you can think it. As long as you can think it, it's available. But it can only compel a certain dimension of you to be able to match up to that place that you are thinking of. So you must crave for illumination for you to be a solid Christian, for you to be a consecrated one, for you to be a sold out to God. You must crave for illumination. Lord, I'm about to eat your word. Tell me what is it. I don't just want to read I mean, I mean what's it called? John 3.16 by just reading. I want to see your eyes. I want to see your light. And as you're beginning to pant after it, and God begins to say, yes, my daughter. Yes, my son. There is more. There is more. There is more. And all of a sudden, you sit down in just one chapter, one verse, and you can't move forward from there. 
You know, when I see people, they tell me, I've read the Bible five times in this month. Which month are we now? We are in March. I've heard people tell me I've read the Bible five times. I say, eh? Five times. See, I'm your pastor. I've not finished the Bible this year. This year, I've not. So let me help you. I'm not going to be one of the pastors. I've not. Because why? I can stay in one chapter, in one verse, for days. I'm still chewing. Twa, twa. Ta, twa, ta. Lord, what are you saying here? So when I finish eating the thing and it's settled on my inside, it's out of what is on my inside I bring for you guys out. I did eat them. So I crave for illumination. I crave for illumination. Number two, you must be able ways to benefit from it. You must be able to engage into meditative and word-based confession. I know that we do that. You see the thing we are doing now for the past, for this next, for this month. I pray that after we finish it, that is if God will not say we should continue. I feel like I wish I could continue it. I'm just feeling, I'm just thinking. Well, but we'll see. If God did not say we should continue, your ability for you to meditate. Remember, you meditate from illumination. You meditate from understanding. You meditate from the light that is already on your inside. And so based on that, you begin to find yourself. Pull out some certain things. The thing that is on your inside begin to come out. It begins to come up because why? The word have you found? You eat them. It begins to illuminate your spirit, man. It begins to tell you you can manifest here. You can manifest here. Now, these are the contract package of God that guarantees your manifestation. And also what guarantees your manifestation in this sub point we're talking about is your patient. Your ability for you to be patient. My dear, no matter how hungry a pregnant woman wants to carry her baby, she must wait for nine months. You, she tries and go and remove that baby at one month. She will be shocked at what she will see at that very particular hospital. She will be very shocked. Like, what the hell is this? I want a baby, but you are not patient to nine months. I want to be maritally settled, but you are not patient, and yet now you have an idiot that is called husband or wife. I want to be able to have my children quickly, and by all means, I will do it. Watch yourself going to bring Ishmael. Out of desperation, you will produce Ishmael that will cause you pain for the rest of your life. And that's exactly what we are facing now. Out of desperation, he produces Ishmael Abraham, and we have not recovered from that drama. We are still here. You know the people who have not recovered from the Ishmael generation. In fact, did Jesus come? Those guys, yo, and it was born from desperation. Patient. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews 6, 12. It says that ye be not slothful in business, but followers of them who through faith and patient. Who through faith and patient. I know you want to drive the Bentley. Are you patient enough to, to, to wait for you to have the money so that when you buy the Bentley, you can put full tank in the car? Not driving the Bentley with an empty tank. You, are, you, 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 you maneuver yourself into that space. You maneuver. You maneuver. You know, my wife and I, when we drive, we, we know we talk. My wife is my best friend. She's the only friend I have. And so we talk. We, we gossip. We do everything. We talk, we go. You see, if you can't gossip with your wife, I don't know who you're gossiping to. If you're gossiping with your friend, that's the wrong person. That if you are not married, obviously your friend. But you are married and you are gossiping with another person, not your husband or your wife. You are wrong. Hear me from the pastor. You are very wrong because I gossip. And I gossip with my wife alone. Outside, I don't have any business with outside people. But my wife, we talk. I know one of the things we like talking, especially when we go out and we see these beautiful cars. You know, when we see our Maserati, my wife wants a Maserati SUV. That's, that's her version. Maserati SUV. So those of you who God wants to bless, to bless her with Maserati SUV, please do that. And I know that I will pray for you. I, yo, what my God will do for you will be shock. I want my Porsche Cayenne hybrid coupe 2.2. <laughs> now that's, I'm giving that as an example. So when we go out, one of the things we talked about, when we talk about the whole issue, because I'm bringing a point of patient. When we talk about the whole issues of, 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 of this, this, this issue to be patient, 
we have come to understand and i'm not saying that my black race we don't do that hear me well we, we do that please we do that too uh -huh. uh, i'm just giving a context but in what i have seen within my black race my black race because of trying to meet up with the joneses because of trying to to live up with 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 the happenings of this world we then don't have that tenacity to beat ourselves into patience and to live a life below the income we're bringing in what is the conclusion my wife and i will make the conclusion is this when you see a white man driving a Porsche Cayenne coupe 2.2 i bet you from the indices and my research i have checked the money to put full tank in that car, they have it. The possibility that they buy the car, cash, chances are high because those guys, they hate debt also. I, 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 see, I don't understand this debt system in South Africa. My friend, let me, don't do debt. Too. You see, personal loan, forget that thing. That thing is a lie. That thing is not personal. That thing is prisoner loan. It's not personal loan, it's prisoner loan. I can tell you, I've experienced it. My wife and I, we, pray, we are praying ourselves out of that thing. Personal loan is not nice. Because they keep changing the profit margins for you. In fact, maybe it's per week or per day. You don't even know. They tell you that in the next three years, if you take this personal loan, you are going to pay off this very particular thing at a 13.2% interest. Watch out the following year. You will discover that the thing has reduced to 19. Or it has gone to 19. And it's still on this thing. Before you know what's going on. And the thing, and one day, you see, why people take all this loan? It's funny. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I'm laughing because my wife will be laughing wherever we are. I think the thing is the fact that the bank will always want to make sure that they keep getting from you. That's the, that's the trap of a loan. They always want to make sure that they keep getting free. I'm not saying that you can't loan to do business. Obviously. Yeah. Even Elisha. Elisha advised that woman, the widow of the... There's a point of matter I'll talk about profits. Elisha advised the woman. He said, go borrow a few. So there's a borrowing, but you only borrow for expansion. You don't borrow for seed level. Now, here this point. This is for somebody. You don't borrow money to start a business. You borrow money to expand the business. You don't borrow money. If your money is not 100% to start that business, then wait until you have that money. to. Start. Don't go and borrow money to start business. Because the first 1,000 days, it will show you flame. 1,000 days is three years. If you cannot sustain your business with your pocket for three years, oh boy, chill. Until you have the money to bankroll it yourself for three years. And when you begin to make some certain level of profit, then you want to expand. Let's say you are in Joburg. You now want to move to Cape Town. You have built, like, like I think, like, Angela once said to me uh, on the chat, you have built a credit score. Is it credit score, credit rating, whatever they call it. And you can then go to the bank and borrow because the bank knows that now you are borrowable and you are bankable and you can pay back. But hear me, as believers, you need to pray yourself to the point, we don't borrow. We don't borrow. We don't borrow. We don't borrow. There are some things we want to do now, even with the church. I bet you, the finances are not there now. As I'm saying now, I'm saying it now. I'm not saying it's not going to be there tomorrow because I'm a man of faith. There's a project that we want to do. There are stuff that God has laid upon my heart that will solve major problem that is currently happening in South Africa. But the money is not sitting in FNB now. It would be stupid of me to go and ask FNB to borrow me money. I will kill myself before I know what's going on. Because why? I have learned from fathers of faith. You don't borrow to do God's work. You don't. The Bible says, thou shalt not borrow, but thou shalt lend to many nations. So to quaint my story there, when I discovered my wife, that when these guys decide to get that very particular thing, it is because they've been patient enough. Haven't you noticed that you see some certain white people, this is me now, some certain white people will come to your office. The guy tells you I'm a CEO of XYZ company and is coming to discuss a thing with you. Maybe he wants to repair your house or he wants to do something. Have you noticed that the kind of car they drive there, you are expecting to see a Bentley? 
But the guy is driving one Volvo 2. Point, in fact, 0.1, because I can't say 2.2. One Volvo 0.1. And the guy is gallantly happy. You are the one that is ashamed of him. He is not ashamed. But I bet you, take that camp person, replace him with a black man, and tell the black man to go with his Volvo 0.2, to go and discuss a tender. He, the way he will want to go and borrow car, borrow, I want to match up. You know, I have to fake it until I make it. My friend, why fake it when it can be real? Stop faking it. Make it yourself. Why fake it when it can be real? Faking it is not faith. Faith, he says, I know my size. I know my level and I'm going to go on this level and things will work. That's faith. Fake is I want to show up even when I know I don't have that capacity. If you get there, that's why you see sometimes we see a lot of our black brothers, you buy a particular property, they collect it from your hand because why? You are trying to sustain a life. You are not patient. Be patient. That's how this kingdom produces. For me, I see, I submit to man of God. I submit to men of God. The same way you, some of you submit to me, I submit under pastors also. One. I was the word, because you can't submit under five pastors. I submit under one. And uh, you guys have seen me post his, you have seen me post his picture or come other times and stuff. I submit under the pastor. And guess what? In my submitting to him, I check through his life. Can I see patient in the indices? Or this man just pop up like, like, like a magic. I checked his life. I see his consistency. When things happened to him, after he said he lost his wife, I could see that even him losing his wife, pa, he bounced back in the kingdom again. He didn't allow that to shake him back. I said, oh boy, now, now we can talk. I have a father. That I know that no matter what happened, I look up to him. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience. Then I'm following him. If my father can bounce back, my spiritual father can bounce back like this, then I have no choice. I can't allow this to keep me. Boom, I bounce again. Because why? I'm drawing from somebody that has obtained the promise through what? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Point number five quickly. Because I see my time is quite running out. I want to make sure that I finish before my 11 o'clock. After point number five, we're going to administer the communion. Um, we're going to do the communion point, And then also we continue with menu one on Thursday. Point number five. What must I do that guarantees me for manifestation. Remember, it is our covenant service this morning. What must I do that guarantees? Number five, your service to God. Your service to God. Your service to God. Your service to God. And when I'm talking about your service, your, your physical, spiritual, whatever. In fact, for me, more of the physical service to God. More of your physical. We are seeing you getting involved in the things of God. We are seeing you, for instance, I'm using this one to prepare you that by the time the church is open, I don't need to tell you to join department. You join willingly your service to God because you know I'm not serving Pastor Darlington. I'm serving God or true Pastor Darlington. I'm serving God or true Pastor Darlington. Because why? The Bible says if you cannot serve a man who you see, do not claim to serve or to worship me. I'm serving God or true Pastor Darlington because why? As I follow Christ, as I follow Christ, as I follow Christ. Currently now the thing is being transmitted on a global platform. If you belong to any church and you are not serving under that particular church, you are not supposed to be a partaker of the manifestation that God has for you at the end time. You can't. There is a dimension of manifestation that comes from a standpoint of serving. From a standpoint of serving. From a standpoint of serving. I remember I'm going to use your name, madam. Please don't be angry. I just like this because for me, you are a blessing and I so much celebrate you. I remember when, 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 Mom Angela, who posts the scripture that you keep seeing me using, all of a sudden I remember the story she said. 
She said to me, by the time I called her, I think I remember when I came back from my journey, I called her and we talk. And she said to me, the first time that she wanted, she started posting this. And, and, and she, 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 was, she was worried. I think she said her husband said, that this is your post. I don't know if this guy doesn't like this thing. And guess what she said? That, you know, when she said for me, I said, oh God, <laughs> bless me with, with more. I, I have some. I need more of these people I'm talking about. Bless me with some. I remember one of my daughter also in the commission. If, if the church, the time the door was open, when we need to buy this, she will buy it. When we need to do this, she will do it. I remember one day she came to ask me, Pastor, what's the church rent? I said, huh? What's the problem now? Chill. Because why? As much as that was, and guess what? When she asked, he did it. Because why? It's a service. There is no way God in the days of trouble, he will not pull up for you. He will show up. I remember with this man, Angela lady, let me finish your story. When we were talking, she said, the husband said to her, what of us you are doing this thing? And this man gets angry. What is, this, is, this is the statement she said that blesses me. I know I didn't tell you this part, but it blessed me. She said, eh, if the guy does not like it, then he will tell me. <laughs> but as long as he's not, he hasn't said it to me, I would do. You know, when she said that part for me, I laugh. <laughs> you know why I laugh? I laugh because I've heard that statement. And the only time I've heard that statement, see, I lie not. Apart from this woman who said this to me a few weeks ago, I've only heard it from a white person. This white guy came to serve in my company then in Dexterity. This white guy... All of a sudden, he's everywhere. I'm a black guy. I'm not used to that. If they are packing, if we are packing things at the storeroom, he's there. If we are trying to solve out the electrical fault, he's there. If we are doing this, he's there. Ah! One day I called the guy. Oh boy, I'm the boss now. He said, yes, I know. I said, but you're everywhere. He said, but I'm, I'm supposed to serve. I said, yes, but you have a department. Stay there on your sound style. What's your issue? Now this is me. <laughs> What's, stay there. But guess what? The guy says something that blessed me. He says, no, until you tell me that you don't want me to be here, my job is to always be with you everywhere. <laughs> he has a place to function. I'm telling you what, this I'm telling you practical thing that happened to me. He has a place to function. And guess what? In the space of three months, he grew fast. He grew fast to the point that I was the one who recommended him to other radio station. I recommended him. Because I said, Kai, you can't serve and still remain like this. See, there is a way service can take you to the place of God. There is a way service can begin to pull out some certain manifestation of God. You can serve God with your finance. Serve God with your health. Serve God with your talent. Serve God with your gift. Like, for example, this very particular woman I'm talking about. Nobody told her. I bet you I did not even know her. I'm telling you now. It's just of recent now that I even have a number. In fact, you can tell your point like I have to request. Please, ma'am, can I get your number? And she gallantly gave it to me. But guess what? I did not cajole her. Her heart for God compel her to say, I must do something for God. I may not know what to do at the moment, but I have my phones. I remember she said she has two phones. One of them is the one she used to post scripture. The other one is the one she used to listen to the message. And the other one, she has a book. She, 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 she was, she, how do you think I would be able to convince her to do that? If not, because she has a heart for God. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 23, verse 25, Exodus 23, 25. It says, and ye shall serve the Lord your God. Exodus 23, 25. I'm trying to press for time. I may pause here and then just go into our communion. Exodus 23, 25. Please make sure that you have your communion ready. I have my communion here. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. It says here. It says, and ye shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And he shall take away sickness from their midst. If you serve God, you are permitted to be blessed. If you serve God, you are permitted to manifest. If you serve God, you are permitted to show his kindness. If you serve God, you have made him, you have made God responsible to make sure that sickness is far away from you. 
It says, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. He shall bless thy bread. What is thy bread? Wherever you are walking that puts food on your table, he shall bless thy bread and thy water. What is thy water? To make sure that the things that guarantees peace, guarantees calmness, guarantees rest of mind, guarantees holiness, he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And he will take sickness far away from you just by the covenant of serving. And how do we serve God? If your church, for those of you who are not a platform family, because at the moment our door is not open. If your church is not, if your church is open, you go meet your pastor. Pastor, I've noticed that there's a place, there's a dimension. See, remember, these this are God's way. It is not my way. It is God's way. It's either you serve God or you serve the mammon. But at least wherever you want to serve, serve them wholeheartedly. I tell people, I say, if you want to serve God, serve God well. If you want to serve devil, serve devil well. Don't be on defense. Even devil will not, you are not useful to him being on defense. He wants to know you are dedicated to him. God wants to know you are dedicated to him too. So stop being a defense. The Bible said those that are lukewarm, he said I will spit you out. And guess what? The moment God spits you, you are already in the hand of the devil. He's looking for everybody. He's looking for the ones God will spit. He's looking for them. He says, and you shall serve. You shall serve. Your service to God, make him show up and manifest every issues of your life. Your ability to serve. Your ability to serve. It also says the book of Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. He says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your might. Now that mind there talks about everything of you. That might just talk about everything that you carry. That might talk about, he said, you shall serve the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind. Not some of it, all of it. Lord, if I die, I die. But I will show up at the king's palace. That's exactly what guarantees. Do you notice that, <laughs> do you notice that Esther's blessing was not based on the fact that she just, she, she, was, the, what's called, she, was, the, she was the king's wife. You can be close to an anointing and yet do not partake of it. Esther blessing with the king was not because she was the wife. No. Esther blessing of the king was because she understand kingdom principle. If I die, I die. But I will show up at the king's palace. Can you also tell yourself, if this sickness is killing me, I will show up at church on Sunday. I may have one data, one gig alone, but I will make sure my Thursday service and my Sunday service online, I do not miss it until the church door is open. And even in your service, you pray to God in your service. I pray God, give my pastor the power. Give him everything he need. Let the door be open. Let me be a partaker of the blessing. Whatever the church needs, huh? God position. Now, if that's what your service is, he says you shall serve the Lord your God. Do you know that you're praying for your church is serving God also? Because you are making sure that his kingdom, his mandate be established on earth and using your prayer as part of it. How come Anna the prophetess, because you don't see that Anna the prophetess, the one who prayed Jesus and insists that Jesus must come. She did that for almost 60 years. Praying for one thing. Jesus must be established. Jesus must come. Jesus must be found. Jesus must be received. Jesus must be him. He must not give up. He must not. And do you know what? As long as Esther was using her prayer, her voice, to serve God in that dimension, God gave her long life. And until Anna the prophetess hold of Jesus, she could not die. She could not die. There are some of you at this moment, your church door is not open. Have you, if I ask you, have you taken out 
In fact, in your prayer, have you taken out one day, one day, Lord, my pastor, I'm not saying that you should pray for me. If you pray for me, you are blessed. I'm not saying that, okay, pastor is not forcing us to pray. See, see, see. I pray that you receive of the truth. I'm telling you, by bleak out truth. By bleak out truth. Jesus was prayed for by Simeon the prophet and Anna the prophetess. These two, they insisted that Jesus must come. So there is a place, even the Bible says, it says pray for those who have authority over you. Pray for those who are in rulership. So if God has brought you to a platform church, your covenant responsibility is to pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for his wife. Do you see how the attack of marriages are correctly now on we pastors? Lord, my pastor's wife is protected. The devil will not get any of them. Do be strong. Do do God. We shall be blessed of them. As you are busy praying, God is looking at you. He's busy adding to you. You shall manifest in this level. You just you so you took a whole one hour just praying for this guy. Wow, wow, wow. Now do you notice that you are praying to God? I may not be there because the only thing I will do if I know is to say thank you. But God is the one that guarantees the blessing and the manifestation that makes you appear before men. He guarantees the blessing of men. Guess what? When what's it called? When Esther was praying behind the scene, and she showed up in that confidence. Based on the service of praying for the people of God. Do you see how God gave her people to manage? <laughs> she prayed for the people of God that was about to be killed. God ended up as a great manifestation plan of God. Gave her people to marriage. To the point that the king said to Esther, Ask me of anything even to half of my kingdom. What was the kingdom that was given to Esther? Go and read your Bible. Esther was a queen. In 120 provinces. That was where Esther ruled before she died. And guess what? She ruled that 120 provinces, never fought a battle. But from the standpoint of her service to God, from the standpoint of her dedication to God, from her standpoint of her sold outness to God, Esther says, If I die, I die. But God's mandate on planet Earth must be fulfilled. Some of you who are in platform church, or all of you who are currently now, you are brought in here for a walk. You are not brought in here to just throw. You are brought in for a walk. There is a mandate of rest. If, if everyone, if everybody is dying in your company, or people are losing their mind in your company, and you are doing nothing, then clearly you are not in the platform. You are, what's called, you are not in the rest of life reality. You must be able to affect your people. You serve God by preaching the gospel. You serve God by making your life a reality of the kingdom. He says, blessed are those, he said, blessed are those who preach of the gospel. He says, for they are wise in the kingdom. As far as you preach the gospel, say you are wise. Imagine you want, to be, you want to be full of wisdom. You just tell people about Jesus. Now, do you see it doesn't make sense, but that's his own way of serving. You want to get wisdom of God? Preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. And guess what? You don't need pupit. Just that moment you take that friend of yours, you guys go for high tea. Is it high tea you guys call it or whatever? There's a name you guys call it. You go for that getaway and you sit, you ask the friend, show me. I see the way you are complaining about this. The other day you tell me this, the other day you tell me this, the other day you tell me this. Show me, can I just tell you what is giving me this rest I'm having? There is a God, what they call the God of the rested life. I just wanted to just accept this God. I promise you, if you accept God first, every other thing we are going to talk from here, it, because they know that they are going to trouble, and you, they, they've seen your life, they've seen you that you are manifesting, they are compelled to bow to your light, and they will tell you, show me, please, how do I meet this God? And you tell them it's so simple. This God is right here with us. If you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth now that Jesus is Lord. See, guess what? You don't even need to know the scripture. The way I'm saying it now, just say it. In fact, you can go back and just play this part. 
and just memorize it in your head. You don't need to know the verse and the scripture. And you tell them, you tell the person, close your eye. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and personal Savior. I believe you died for me. And you are raised on the third day for my justification. Thank you for dying for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Pa, do you know that that's less, what I've just said now is less than 30 seconds. That person's name, pa, it's already in heaven. God has awarded you, pa, with a, it's an immediate transfer. It has no, there is no frequency that can stop it. The ability for you to serve. Let's look at final scripture on this very particular point. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 to 12. I want to show you the blessing of serving. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 to verse 12. You can write it down as a long read. Leviticus chapter 23, verse, I mean 26, sorry. Leviticus 26, 3 to 12. And you can also write down Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 to 16. Joshua 24, 14 to 16. But I want to read Leviticus. The Bible says here in Leviticus 26, 3 to 12. I don't know. I feel like praying for somebody this morning. Mm, thank you, Jesus. If you know that you've ever served in this commission, you know. Maybe the door of Platform Church now is locked. I understand. I know you, why am I saying locked? It's closed temporarily, not permanently. We are believing God for a place. If God is laying it in your heart for you to help us find a place, why not? Find a place. Let us know. We'll go. If God has laid it for you to say, okay, no, pastor, I believe there's a place here. Can you use this place? Or can we use this place? As long as we have access to the place. I think for me at the moment, I just have to come out now. Well, as long as we have access to the place 24-7, because the agenda of what God wants us to do this time does not permit us to have a place just for Thursdays and Sundays alone. No, it doesn't. So please and please, I'm putting it out there. If you find a place, let me know. We will come and see it and hopefully... The place will be good for what we want to do. So, but I want to pray for somebody today. The Lord laid in my spirit right now to just pray. If you know you've ever served in this commission, if you know you've ever given to this commission, if you know you've ever done something to this commission, indirectly you've ever done anything, either in money, in your services, either in your prayers, I may not see of any of this, but you know you've done something for this commission. I want you to put one of your hand on your chest, and the other one on your head. Put your right hand on your head and your left hand on your chest. I want to release the blessing of manifestation. I want to release that. I know what the blessing of manifestation for service can do. I'm a product. You see this boy sitting in front of you? I'm a product of tiredless service to God. Tiredless service to God. Tiredless. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for these ones that their hand is on their head and their hand is on their chest. Lord, I decree that as their hand is on their head right now, you shall be the head and not the tail. I remove everything that is going to make you a failure this season. I remove it out of your life in the name of Jesus. I decree that your hand be upon your head right now. You shall manifest to your world. Your services will compel heaven to open blessings for you. In the name of Jesus, with your hand on your chest right now, I declare that you will never experience sorrow. Anything that gives people sleepless night, it will never become your lot and your portion. In the name of Jesus, I declare upon your life now, every voice of the devil fighting your advancement, fighting your progress, I terminate it now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. I declare you blessed this morning. I declare you blessed this morning. I declare you blessed this morning. In the name of Jesus, we're praying. We're going to pause here. 
My time is just fast spent because I needed us to quickly do our communion part. We'll continue our service on Thursday. But I want to pause here. How many of you have been blessed this morning? How many of you are blessed this morning? The last point I want to mention is the point of the communion. The communion. I want to pause here. I know I'm supposed to read that Leviticus. I will continue from there on Thursday. I promise you it's going to be interesting. Because I want you all to manifest. It's going to be interesting. What is in it with the communion? What is in it with the communion? This communion that you are seeing me holding, what is in it? One of the things that is in the communion is the fact that the communion carries the life of God. The communion carries the life of God. It is the life of God. It is the life of God. My beloved, give me 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 16 and 17 because that's where I'm going to use and we're going to make our confession quickly. Our confession is very short. Then we'll take the communion and I'll be out of your face. Give me 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, yes. 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17. But why she's doing that? The Bible makes us to understand. It says also, it says, Jesus then said, Very well, I say unto you, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. It says, You have no part in me. You have no part in me, which is John chapter 6, 53 and 54. John 6, 53 and 54. It says, Except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. What does the communion carry? The communion makes us part of God. It makes us part of Jesus. It makes us one with God. The communion table is an extension possibility of God where he then begin to transfuse himself into our life. So as we're about to take this communion, you are transfusing Christ on your inside. You are pushing the Christ on your inside to become made manifest. Do you remember the scripture I gave you that God was made manifest in flesh? Jesus was made manifest to deal with sin. Paul says we were made manifest for us to be able to help the saved to become matured and those that are perishing. So the communion empowers a believer. The communion table is a table for empowerment. And so therefore I pray this morning at this communion. As you partake of this communion, you begin to partake of God in the name of Jesus. You partake of his empowerment. You partake of God. It says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 and 17. It says the cup of the blessing which we bless. It was talking about the communion. It says which we bless. Paul was making this. He said, is it not the communion of the blood of Jesus? The bread which was broken. Is it not the communion of the body? He said verse 17. He said for we, though many, he says are one bread, one body. For we are all partaker. One bread, one body. For we are all partaker. Indirectly, whatever is in the life of Jesus, by partaking of this communion becomes your life also. Whatever cannot stop Jesus cannot stop you. Whatever cannot decay in Jesus cannot decay in your body. Because why? You are one with him. As we partake of the communion this morning, you are partaking of the oneness of God. So anything that is in God automatically becomes in your life. Anything means anything. And so therefore this morning, I want you to open your mouth wherever you are and begin to pray and say, Lord, whatever is in Jesus, whatever, as I partake of this communion, as I partake of this communion, it also becomes my reality. Open your mouth and begin to pray. While you are making the prayer, I want to pray for you this morning. Those of you making your prayer, pray on your prayers and pray. I want to pray for those. If you know that you don't know Jesus, remember my first point that I gave you is the fact that you must be born again. If you know you don't know Jesus, hear me. Every of the goodness that this covenant carries, these promises that we're talking about carries, you are not qualified for it. You are not. And also maybe for you, you know that I used to know Jesus, but I have left him. 
Some of you, you know that your heart is far from God, but you are only coming to God for a shortcut plan to survive. You are not coming because you love him. You are coming because, oh boy, I just want to survive. This God, leave him one side. I just want to survive. If I can survive in God, I'm gone. If you know you want to be genuinely born again, I want you to make this confession with me. Yeah. And as you do so, our email address is currently scrolling on the screen. You can email me at pastor at platformchurch.co.za and say, Pastor, I just gave my life to Christ. What next must I do? Trust me, I will respond. Me, Darlington, I will respond. Let's pray together. Let's make this confession. For those of you who want to give your life, for those of you who are born again, be declaring, Lord, this communion becomes the life of God in me. Whatever cannot stay in Christ cannot stay in me. Whatever, you begin to make your confession because remember, it says we are particular, we are one. We are one. We are one. Now, for those of you who wants to give your life to Christ, I want you to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died for me. And you rose up on the third day for my justification. I believe in my heart. And I'm confessing with my mouth that you are Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Have mercy upon me. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name we pray. For making that simple confession, I want to say welcome. Let me pray for you quickly. Heavenly Father, I just pray for these ones that have given their life to Christ. Lord, those ones that are rededicating their life again and those ones giving their life to Christ for the very first time. Lord, I ask that the blessing, the manifestation reality of a new convert take shape upon their life now in the name of Jesus. I declare upon you that you will never lose your salvation. You will never be a wayside Christian. You will never be a Christian that is full of tongues. You will never be a Christian that has a stony heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that you have received the salvation this morning. That your heart become a heart of a good ground. And now that your heart is a heart of a good ground, you begin to produce fruit. You manifest on a 30-foot level. You grow to become a 60-foot level. You grow to become a hundred foot level in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the saving grace. In Jesus' name, we pray. And now to our communion. For those of you who have your communion in your hand, I want us to make this confession quickly. I'm sorry, my time is a bit fast spent. Let's quickly make this confession. I want you to say this after me. Say, by the message of God. Say it again one more time. By the message of God and the blood of Jesus which was shared for my remission, a holy sacrifice that substituted for my sin and my iniquities that was used for my deliverance. I am partaking into the oneness with Christ by this communion. So therefore, I declare by this communion I enter into my covenant with God and his son to live a worthy life, holy and acceptable of his will. By this communion in my hand, my life is one with Christ. I now operate the life of Christ. Through this communion, I am made manifest to deal with every system of the world 
and I produce the Christ kind of result. Through this communion, I now live the life of Christ. I am made strengthened by his blood and my mind is sharper and alert as Christ's mind is. Because of the finished work and his blood sacrificed for me, I boldly declare that I am one with the divine and I have inner access into the holies of holies that guarantees my provision, that guarantees my security, that guarantees my longevity, and that guarantees my inner sight. By the power of God and the mystery of this communion, sickness has no hold over my body. I now walk in divine health. By this communion table, the life of Christ is transferred into me and I am able to manifest Christ on all the mountains of influence that I find myself. The life of Christ is now my life. His possibilities is now my possibilities. His opportunities and now my opportunities, by the power of this communion, I am protected from sickness, from diseases, from decay, from death. Thank you for your saving grace. I am now one with God. Amen. Now let's partake of our communion. You can start by the bread. The Bible says he took the bread and he broke it. Break your bread. And after breaking the bread, you can take your bread and eat. And Bible says in the same manner, he took of the cup and he blessed it. I declare that the cup is blessed in your hand. And as you take this very particular cup, it becomes the blood of Jesus that flushes everything in your body in the name of Jesus. Now partake of the blood. Father, Lord, I pray for everyone this morning that have partake of this communion. Lord, you were manifest. God was manifest in flesh. Jesus was manifest to deal with the sins of this world. Paul says that we were made manifest to save those that are perishing and to mature those in Christ. Lord, I declare by the covenant mystery of this communion, everything that is lacking in the life of the people now, it is restored in the name of Jesus. I restore your mind to you. I restore your health to you. I restore your business to you. I restore your peace to you. In the name of Jesus, I declare that by the power of this communion, anything called decaying in your body, anything called death in your body, they jump back to life in the name of Jesus. I pray for you this morning that whatever cannot stop Jesus, as you go this week, it will not stop you. Whatever cannot keep Jesus captive in one place, as you go this week, you cannot be kept captive. Whatever opportunity opens for Jesus, it opens for you this week in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, I declare that the blessing of this commission go with everyone this morning. 
everything they laid their hand to do this week. Lord, it shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I declare that when the communion you have taken this morning, that you begin to manifest Christ. You begin to manifest Christ. You begin to manifest Christ. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. Glory to, to your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen.